Do you have a faithful long-term doctor? I do. I lived in Napoleon, moved away for about 20 years, came back and still have the same doctor. You have that type of relationship with your doctor? Can I ask you, what do you seek in a good doctor, dentist, or surgeon? What are some qualities? Throw it out. I'm sorry? Wisdom. Wisdom. What else? Skills. Honesty, skills. Somebody said caring. Somebody said patience. Yeah, we all find it important that the doctors and dentists and the surgeons that we visit, that they all have those qualities for us. What makes a good doctor? Well, good doctors are great diagnosticians. They'll ask questions, they'll probe, they'll find out what might, might be wrong with us. They're great diagnosticians. Doctors make us feel what? Comfortable. Do you guys have light, what's it called, white robe syndrome? You know what I'm talking about? You go and your blood pressure's usually up a little bit. I do. Okay. Doctors are very aware of our medical needs. My doctor comes in to see me. He used to have maybe a notepad. He had a clipboard. Now he opens up his computer. And all my medical history is there. And there, there's, he has literally files on my latest lab work. Doctors are attentive to our specific needs. That's what good doctors do. Doctors, a good doctor will take ownership of our health. When I, whenever I leave my doctor's office, there's a printout that reviewed everything we talked about, prescriptions, things I must do. And then finally, doctors, good doctors, can give us appropriate treatments and prescriptions. Here, take this. My doctor usually calls my pharmacist so I can pick them up. That's what good doctors do. Now, my doctor is a Christian. So he says, once again, take care of your body, take care of your community, and more importantly, be in a relationship with your creator. That's at the bottom of any exam or visit I have with my doctor. So I'll go back in time to 1991, another movie review, Doc Holliday, and who's the actor? Michael. In the movie Doc Holliday, Michael J. Fox is a hotshot recent Ivy League doctor, and he has a medical gig set up for him in Hollywood where he's going to join a very successful plastic surgeon. He's going to make lots of money in the glitz and glamour of Hollywood. He's going to make it big doing plastic surgery for surgeries that don't need to be done. And on his way there, he's driving his little foreign sports car and he crashes in Grady, South Carolina. He busts a fence, ruins his car, and there he's stuck there. The young hotshot doctor, but what? Ben Stones, that's Michael J. Fox, the doctor. Ben Stone finds out is this little town is about to lose their doctor to retirement. And people of mediocre means, and some people poor in just that small town, I think the movie Triumph is the squash capital of the world, need a doctor. And here, Doc, Doc Hollywood, he meets a young lady, but more importantly, he's pressed. Do I want to go to Hollywood and become a vainful plastic surgeon, I do want to stay here and practice medicine on everyday hard-working folks. That's what a physician does. Well, if you want to find out, rent the movie, okay? All right? Anyways, our Lord is called the what? Say it. He is the great physician. Read that with me. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's who Jesus is. He deals with us mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. The German word for pastoral care is Seelsorge. Now, I'm not saying that's a German word for pastor. 
That's the German word for what pastors do. Pastors are physicians of the what? Soul. You have a problem with your body, go see who the what? You have a problem with your soul, go see who? Your pastor. The physician of the soul, your spiritual well-being. Is your soul in danger? Is your soul weeping? Is your soul concerned? I like that word sales, sorga. Talks about the practice of a pastor. Now, in today's Bible reading, the Old Testament lesson from which I speak to you, ten times God says, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Now, answer me this. Ever dealt with your parents and said, you do it because I, what, said so? Or have your father or mother said, I'm your dad because I'm your mom ever had that happen? Why? Because I'm your dad, I'm your mom, because I, what, said so? Today, someone might say, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? And so here, ten times, God speaks to the Israelites and says, I am the Lord your God, I'm your daddy, I'm your father. I'm the parent because I said so. Ten times he speaks. God is a physician of his people. He has ownership of us. He's the great physician. So God sets the standard. Can you read that with me? Be holy because I am holy. Friends in Christ, in modern day America, we have turned God into being only loving. Well, God is loving, so no matter what I do, it's okay because God loves me, because God loves everybody and God loves everything and God loves everything that people do. Well, that's not quite true. Love isn't the only standard and the only quality and character of God. God is also holy and just. So for you parents, for us parents, and for you grandparents, us grandparents, is love the only thing we give to our children? Don't we correct them? Don't we also guide them? Don't we also at times discipline them? We're just not loving to our children. If not, we'd have a bunch of spoiled brats on their mind. Okay? Parents, just like God, is holy and just. The toxic substance and lethal dosage of this age is that we don't see God as holy and just. We only see Him as loving. God's just not loving. He's holy and just. He has laws. He has rules. In the creeds we confess every single week, we say when Christ returns, he's going to judge the living and the what? God is not only loving, he's also holy and just. When God shows us his holiness, it's painful. Much like when we go to the doctor's office. You know, the most uncomfortable part is when they ask you to step on the weight scale. Well, never mind, okay? All right? So let's take a spiritual physical. Review the Ten Commandments and rate your factors. Let's go over the Ten Commandments. First commandment, you shall have no other what? Have I looked to another God this past week for comfort or in need? Have I trusted in something else besides God? Second commandment, do not take the name of the Lord your God in what? Now I'm not going to ask you, if you got mad this week, and use God's name, you know what I mean, right? But more importantly, friends in Christ, have we promised to do something in God's name and didn't? Because that's how this commandment is mostly broke. If you say you're going to do something in God's name, then what? Do it. This weekend, there's two weddings. In those weddings, we ask couple in God's name to remain faithful unto what? Death. That's taking God's name holy. The third, I'm sorry, the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it what? Do I come to church to listen to the sermon and to hear the word? Or do I come to church hoping the sermon will be over soon? 
Have I read the Bible at home? Do I partake in Bible studies? The third commandment is about rest. Do you take a day of rest where you do nothing? Because God himself rested. He created the world in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. Fourth commandment, honor your father and what? Have I been disrespectful to authority? Now, I know there's all sorts of political opinions out there, what we think of our political leaders. Disagree, yes. Disrespect, what? No. They're put there by God. Respect them no matter who they are. Fifth commandment, you shall not what? Shall not what? Kill. All life from conception to natural death. And by the way, we see the violence in America. It's terrible. The violence with guns and all sorts of things, taking life. Everyone's made in God's image. It's terrible. Protect all life. And the flip side of that is that we take care of the poor and the needy and those who are suffering under famines and natural disasters. But there's another facet to the fifth commandment you should not kill. Do I harbor hatred toward my neighbor? Am I holding a grudge? Samuel Clemens once said, I read their obituary with a smile on my face. Hatred. Samuel Clemens said this, I didn't attend the funeral, but I approved of it. That is hatred in the heart. Sixth commandment, do not commit what? Marriage, man, woman. Sexual purity. Seventh commandment, you shall not what? Now, I'm not going to ask us about maybe pickpocketing something or not returning something that belongs to my neighbor or not fulfilling an IOU. You know, the greatest theft of all takes place when people go to work and they don't what? Yeah, I play solitaire on the computer. I hang out at the water cooler. I visit everybody else in my office except to do my what? Job. The greatest theft takes place by people who go to work and don't what? It's greater than all the other theft involved. The seventh commandment. Eighth commandment, do not bear false witness against your what? I'm not just going to talk about slander or gossip. I'm going to talk about putting the worst construction on things. I hear what a person said, and I spin it the wrong way. Ninth commandment, tenth commandment, the same. You shall not, anyone know the word? Covet. I teach my confirmands this, this commandment. I hand them a blank sheet of paper and say, I'm going to give you a million dollars. I'll give it to you if you can prove your need, your need for it. And the kids, I'll give them two minutes, and they'll just have their pen or pencil blazing all the stuff that they write down. I said, now let's go over everyone's list. And not one of them could find a need for the what? million dollars. Always a want. I don't like the color of my room. I don't like the clothes I wear. My parents drive a really nerdy car or whatever. We shall not what? Covet. It's stuff that we want that we don't need. Let me ask you, how'd you do? How'd you rate? Well, the good news is, well, hang on, let me read this. Can we all read this together? The law is good, but since the fall, its holiness condemns us all. It dooms us for our sin to die and has no power to justify. That's what the law does. The law crushes us. We don't do well. But the good news is that God wants us to be perfectly healed and he gives us his health. So today, you saw Jacob, you saw Hadley, baptized in Christ. Were you reminded of your own baptisms? Did you hear the absolution, you're forgiven all your sins, God heals us? Matter of fact, Jesus says, I come for the healthy, not the healthy, but for the sick.
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. A number of years ago, one of my members had leukemia. And so they went up to Loyola Hospital in Chicago. And there he had a twin brother. And part of the therapy was his twin brother had to send a, a blood transfusion machine for 10 hours, and it collected all his T-cells. They didn't know blood had T-cells. And they transferred it, his healthy T-cells, into his brother's leukemia-infected body that he might be healed. See, Christ died for us. He infuses in us his righteousness. We're perfectly healed in him. So out of that grace for us, God gives us holy prescriptions. You know, like when a doctor gives you a prescription, well, what are these? Well, they are, say it. Help me out here. Ten commandments, or the ten suggestions, or the ten recommendations, or the ten when I feel like it. Which one? They're ten commandments. Not when I feel like it. They're the ten commandments. To unbelievers, they're a tyrant. Nobody needs to tell me what to do. I do my own thing. My rule is no harm, no foul. To the world, they're odd suggestions. You know, a man, this is true, a man did a survey about the Ten Commandments, and he went outside like a Walmart or a local Aldi's, and he asked people as they're coming out what they thought about the Ten Commandments. And some people laughed, and some people said, well, rules were made to be what? And some people said, I don't think we have to keep them anymore. And some people say, what are the Ten Commandments? Another person said, they don't apply to me. But one faithful person, when asked what do you think of the Ten Commandments, they said it must be very important. God put them in the Bible how many times? Once in Leviticus, once in, once in Exodus, once in Leviticus, and Jesus quotes them all the time. But for us believers, there are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. To us believers, there are fruit for faithful life. Let's see what Martin Luther says about the Ten Commandments. Can you read that for me? As a parent, what hit me the most why rules were given out of love was when my kids turned 16 and they got a what? That's when rules became very important. Because now it's just not getting in trouble with your friends. Now it might be getting into an accident or something that happens and changes your entire life or you lose your life. God only gives us rules out of love. Read this one with me. When a person in their heart fears and loves God, they have fulfilled the Ten Commandments. I'm afraid that in our modern America, we fear more Facebook posts and Twitter responses than we do the fear of God. I'm more afraid someone's going to say something bad about me online than I'm afraid of God's possible wrath. We fear God, love, trust, honor, respect Him. And finally, read this with me. Yeah, the wonderful thing about the Ten Commandments is just how many of them? Ten. I was in a government parking, um, parking lot once. I had to do something. No, I wasn't paying a fine. So I had to go to a government building, and I pulled up, and there's this big sign with like 32 rules for parking here. Really? Like, it took me half an hour to read. But my kids went to high school, and we were in orientation in a cafeteria. And the cafeteria wall was about as big as that sidewall of our church. There's like 318 rules for them in high school. I'm like reading them all. Really? <laughs> 318 rules for attending high school. But God gave us how many laws? 
They cover them all. Matter of fact, there's very basic ones. Love God and love your neighbor. Right? This is a healthy prescription for us redeemed people for wonderful health. Not that we love ourselves, but that we love who? Others. Let me go through them again. Loving others, respect authority. Respect their life. Respect marriage. Respect their property. Don't gossip and slander. Lift up others and don't covet what God has given to you. By God's grace. Christ is our great physician. He gives us these prescriptions for our health. He gives us eternal life through his life and death. So how about this for a closing thought? Can we all read it together? To Jesus we for refuge flee, who from the curse has set us free, and humbly worship at his throne, saved by his grace through faith alone. And all God's people say...